0: Today, we find in the book of Amos, chapter five, verses eighteen through twenty-seven. Now, Amos the prophet is one of our twelve minor prophets in the scriptures, and he prophesized to Israel and Judah sometime around the time of. 760 B.C. to 750 B.C. Now, that time may, the dates may not mean much to you, but he is one of, the reason I mention it is because during this time, Israel is blooming, or blooming at the time. Their economy is going good. They have separated. Their land, and they have lost land, but their economy is going good, and the people of Israel seem to be thriving at this time. Now, Amos was not born a prophet, nor was he raised by a prophet. He was a shepherd, a businessman. The in the beginning of the book of Amos, the word there for shepherd refers to someone who owns flocks. So, and he would travel from Judah. To Israel for his business and he lived right around the border maybe 20 minutes from the border of Judah living in Israel so imagine say he if he lived here he would go from here to Paul Mississippi for his business And as we turn to the scriptures, to Amos chapter 5, we'll see the importance of holding fast to the word of God. So let us read the holy word of God. Starting in Amos chapter 5, verse 18. Woe to you who desire the day of the Lord. Why would you have the day of the Lord? Is it not, is it darkness and not light? As if a man fled from a lion, and there a bear met him, or went into the house and leaned his hand against the wall, and a serpent bit it. Is it not, The day of the Lord, darkness and not light, and gloom with no brightness in it. I hate, I despise your feast. I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer me your burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. And the peace offerings of your fattened animals, I will not look upon them. Take away from me the noise of your songs, to the melody of your harps, I will not listen but let justice wall down like waters and righteousness like an ever flowing stream did you bring to me sacrifice and offerings during the 40 years in the wilderness O house of Israel you shall take up your king and your star god, your images that you have made for yourselves. And I will send you into exile beyond Damascus, says the Lord, whose name is the God of hosts. Thus ends the reading of God's holy word. O Heavenly Father, we come here to hear your word, to... Listen to the preaching of your word. O oh Lord, I ask you to be with us, to be with the hearing of your word, the teaching and the preaching of your word, O oh Lord. Lord, for I ask you that I may decrease and you may increase, that you may use my mouth for your words and your words alone, that today would be edifying for your people and for your church. All this we ask in the name of Jesus the Christ, our Lord. Amen. We see in this passage to hold fast to the word of the Lord. And as I was preparing for this psalm, and I was reminded of some things. And as most of you know, maybe not some watching. I grew up in this church at Wendell Presbyterian Church. Some of you was even my Sunday school teachers whenever I was young. And if doesn't if my memory is not wrong. My very first Sunday school womb was the womb and now which is my study where I prepared for this sermon. And my second Sunday school womb was or is now the room that I teach Sunday school. Well, before the pandemic, anyway, while we had Sunday school. The lessons I was taught here went with me throughout my life, even as I moved away and I quit attending church on a regular basis. And though I grew up, I grew to question the scriptures. So... As my questioning led me more and more, I started to study the Scriptures. I never quit believing in God or that this was the word of God. It's just I questioned the infallibleness of it. There seemed at times to be contradictions in my mind. And so I started studying the Scriptures along with other religions. But... As I studied the Scriptures, it was God's Holy Spirit walking through me alongside the Word of God that gave me understanding of the Scriptures. That taught me that they are not 66 separate books. No, the New and Old Testament are one book, one Word. never contradicting itself, infallible in its meaning. And it is our only rule for faith and practice. It is our only rule for how we may glorify and enjoy God. And, the, and God, through His Holy Spirit and the walking of His Word, taught me to hold fast to the Word of God. For there is victory through the Word of God and in the Word of God. That there is no hope without the Word of God. And that's what this passage is teaching us today and is saying to us. It's telling us to hold fast to the Word of God, for there is no hope without the Word of God. For it is our only rule for faith and practice, how to glorify and enjoy God. And we are to hold fast because the word of God is living and active. There is victory in and through the word of God. So let us look at our passage, at our false section. We see that there is no hope, a hopelessness. And the false thing we see in this false section of verses 18 through 20 We come across this woe to you who desires the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord. The day of Yahweh. As it says in the Hebrew. As Lord, as we see in our English Bibles with all capitals referring to Yahweh. The covenant keeping God. Now, theologians have theorized over what Amos is getting at here using the phrase, the day of the Lord. Some believe that Amos is speaking of a holy war that is coming. Other believe it we'll fall to the day where Yahweh will be made king over all the earth and Israel will take his place as the greatest nation. These theories are not wrong by any means many theories we have often are just maybe a little bit too narrow. And what Amos is getting at here with the phrase, the day of the Lord, he's speaking of the day in which they will come into the presence of the Lord. And this entails all the theories I just spoke of. The holy war, Israel as the family of believers being abstained as the greatest nation where all evil will be destroyed, where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Christ is our Lord and King. The people that Amos is speaking at here are looking forward to the day of the Lord. And why not? I mean, the Lord is King evil will be wiped away. Sounds pretty good. It sounds like glory and salvation, which it will be. But it is in their thought of the day of the Lord that is wrong. They think only of the day of the Lord as glory for them and salvation for them. But let us look to what the Lord has to say In verses 18 through 20. Woe to you who desire the day of the Lord. Why would you have the day of the Lord? It is darkness and not light. As if a man fled from a lion lion, and a bear met him. Or went into the house and leaned his hand against the wall and a serpent bit him. Is not the day of the Lord darkness and not light? And gloom with no brightness in it. The Lord is telling them here that their desire for the day of the Lord is misguided. They think it will bring them glory, salvation, but it will bring them darkness with no escape, no hope of anything Father, The imagery here is unmistakable from they flee from a lion to meet a bear. Lean on the wall and get bit by a snake. Darkness and not light. The people here are trying to escape the world, the lion. And they think that they will find rest in the Lord on the wall. But they are mistaken in that thought. And what they rest in on their thought of the Lord and how they came about it through their own means of what that day would look like is wrong and mistaken because it is their thought and they are not looking to the Lord for what he has to say about it. West or Have you ever leaned against a wall or maybe a tree happen to notice a snake sitting right there I remember walking out of my grandmother's house one time, and there's a snake sitting right on the little pedestal or wall, the bricks that come out from the wall, just sitting there. Your west turns to worry really quick. (laughs) Or maybe if you're not that afraid of snakes, and maybe you're more afraid of spiders like I am. (laughs) I I can handle a snake somewhat, not, not a spider. And have you ever leaned maybe against a wall and seen a spider coming at you? You know, I've I've seen a spider in my bed before, and I promise you, I got no rest that night. I didn't even sleep in the bed that night. I will not sleep if a spider's in that bed. It's not going to happen. And that's what the Lord is telling us here. He's telling the people that they think there will be rest on that day, but it will not be rest. It will be judgment, and it will be wrath a wrath that they cannot escape. Is it light or is it darkness? Now, as I read this, I'm reminded of a time to where we were shown what darkness is put in a uh, box, an ISO container. And it's a darkness where you can touch your face like this, but you cannot see your hand touching your face. Can you imagine a darkness like that? There's no escape. No there lies no hope in that darkness. And that is what this section here is getting at. There's no hope in the day of the Lord for those who do not hold fast to the word of the Lord. The people here are in a hopeless state. They run from the wrath of the world only to face the wrath of God. They look to God for rest but will only find poison. They believe there will be hope and light in the Lord but they will only find darkness. And as a people in this time they're going about their way to the Lord all the long way. Maybe a way to illustrate this is have you ever had to, well, majority of us had had to assemble something. I find partially the hardest things ever to assemble or I've ever had to assemble was a four or five-year-old girl's playhouse. (laughs) i it's the hardest thing. I've never had children, but I got roped into it anyway, and I, I, I don't. I don't let myself get roped into that situation no more. It's the hardest thing for me to do because I don't. I don't read the directions. I look at the picture, the final picture, and I go off that. I mean, many of us do that. I mean, it's a stereotype of men in general to look at the directions as the last resort, and I, I do that more than I should. But whenever we assemble something, if we mess up, usually we can take out a shrew, take out a bolt, go about it again in the proper way and fix our mistake. God is telling us in this passage and telling the Israelites that what they are doing, they will find no escape. See, they are looking at that final picture as the kingdom of Israel glorified over all nations. They are looking at that final picture thinking, this is where we're going to be. But they are not looking to the word of God for the way they are. They are trusting in their own judgments for the word of God. There is only one way to know what to expect on the day of the Lord. And that is by holding fast to the Word of God, to looking to it, for there is no hope without it. For it is only by faith in Christ that our final judgment will be a blessing and not a cost. And maybe you're sitting here thinking or watching, thinking, well, what is holding fast to the Word of God? What is looking to the Word of God? I see all the laws, there's no way I can. Hold every word of the Lord fast. There's no way I can do it, and you would be correct. There is no way for us. But there is one who came before us, and that is Christ, the one who lived perfectly, who lived for us, who died for us, was dead, buried, and resurrected by the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in a newness of life. And that is what. Here in this section, we are, Amos is speaking of. So they, they're looking at it all the wrong way. They're looking at it through their own means. They're seeing, well, this is the day of the Lord. This is the final picture. I can go there myself. And it's not by us, but by Christ, that we come into the presence of the Lord. It is by Christ and His walk. And it is through Christ and through the sp- walking of the Spirit that we may hold fast to the word of God. And we hold fast to the word of God because it is our only rule for faith and practice. In this next section we see what God says, I hate, I despise your feast. I will not take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Verses 21 through 23. Three verses and six times God speaks of them in a negative way. He uses a negative six times in three verses. Now this is a clear indicator that something is wrong inside these verses. Something is wrong with what the people are doing with their feasts and their solemn assemblies, with their offerings and their songs of praise. So let us look and see what is wrong. We see in verse 21, I hate, I despise your feast. The word there in the Hebrew for feast refers to a religious festival. And so we can tell that it's not just a feast of people coming together to eat but it's supposed to be a feast for God, a feast to glorify and enjoy Him. Many theologians say that the people of Israel here are not treating the feast as worship of God, but more like parties of self-pride and boastfulness. So the Lord hates and despises their religious festivals. And from the feast, and from before it, before we see the wars in your solemn assembly, we have the war feast and we see the burnt offerings. So, their solemn assembly are their times of worship, the times they come together to worship the Lord. And the Lord says, I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. And then we see the offerings that they make to the Lord. That the Lord will not accept. That he will not look upon their offerings. And to answer the question, what is wrong here in this passage? Their feast, their solemn assemblings, their burnt offerings. And the songs that they sing of praise to the Lord. The melody they make with their harp is not a melody for the Lord, but a melody for themselves. A selfish, boasting malady and self-pride. All of these things listed involve the worship of God. And it is the worship of God that is being done in the wrong manner. There is no value in the service the Israelites are performing. And why is there no value in it? Well, I'd like to take your attention back for just a second to Genesis 4-7. And here is why: right after Cain and Abel made their offerings to the Lord. And the Lord was pleased with Abel's offerings, but not pleased with Cain. And angry at him. The Lord asked, why is he angry? And says, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. It desires contrary to you, but you must rule over it. And that is what the people hear. They did not do well, and so their offerings are not accepted, their worship is not accepted. Because there is only one way to go and come through the Lord. A famous passage, maybe you can remember Leviticus 10, where the sons of Aaron are consumed by the fire of the Lord for bringing the wrong fire to the Lord, a fire that was not authorized by the Lord, bringing it to them. And so the Lord consumed them in the fire. And after that, he said to Aaron through Moses, among those who are near me, I will be sanctified. And before all the people, I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. Aaron held his peace because he knew that his sons did not hold fast to the word of the Lord. They did not go by the water of the Lord. And he knew the water of the Lord is our only rule. The people of Amos' time here they did not hold fast to the word of the Lord. They worshipped God in ways that was not authorized. To use the language of the New Testament, they did not worship God in spirit and truth. They did not worship God with reverence and awe. Their songs was not a praise to the Lord, but songs of boastfulness and self-pride. But we see... In verse 23 or 24, my bad, but let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever flowing stream. Justice and righteousness. The term here for justice is used in a sense of quality. To do something because it is morally right. Not because it will better you. Means the quality of being free from favoritism. Of self-interest. Of bias and deception. To worship God for it is the right thing to do. For he is our Lord and worthy of all honor and glory. And not because you will get something out of it. Righteousness is also used in a quality sense here. We're falling to honesty, justice, honor, piety, and being upright. The people did not uphold the word of God. They did not treat the worship of God with the honor that it is due. The psalmist tells us, to come to God with a trontine heart with a broken spirit to solve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling Jesus the Christ tells us to worship and spirit and truth the author of Hebrews the Holy Spirit tells us to approach our Lord with reverence and awe we are to worship the Lord with justice and righteousness. But let let me draw your attention here to how God describes that justice and righteousness. To roll down like waters, like an ever-flowing stream. Now let's think about water for a second. For many, and by many, water is considered the most dangerous substance on earth. We need it to live. But too much, and it becomes poison. And one of the main reasons why water is considered the most dangerous substance on earth is because water takes the path of least resistance. And it's because nothing can stop flowing water. It will continue to move until it finds an opening to boss through. And that is how we are to show justice and righteousness to our Lord like the most dangerous substance on earth, never ceasing, always flowing out of us. And we see from this passage that they are worshiping the Lord in the wrong way. And they are being tricked by different ways of worship, by their own minds and how they should worship the Lord. You may have heard before an illustration that the devil tricks us with sin like a worm on a hook. We see the worm, but we don't see the hidden hook. Well, while he does do that, that's not always the case. And like a lot of baits, whenever you fish, you do hide the hook. But with many of them, the hooks, pull are used to attract the fish. They cause more vibration in the water. And fish don't always see perfectly in the water so they're drawn by other senses just like us. We're drawn by sight, by sound, by the smell, by the taste of things. But as we can confuse a fish's senses with a big hook moving in the water and make him attracted to the hook so the devil uses our broken senses, our senses that we are born into darkness and naturally desire the hook. We may not always see the hook, but a lot of times, that hook is plainly in sight for us to see. And yet, we go and we chomp on it anyway. And that is what the people here are doing in Amos. They know there is only one way to worship the Lord, but they are attracted to different ways to worship. We see from this section of Amos... That we must hold fast to the word of the Lord for it is our only rule on how we may glorify and enjoy Him now some of you may be thinking that you know I've come to worship before and I've not worshipped the Lord in the white right manner I've not given it the quality that it dissolved the honor the Lord dissolves you may be thinking that at this very moment but there is A truth that all of us will never worship perfectly. We will never be able to bring pure honor to the Lord. Because we are littered with sin. Sin is through us and will be through us all this time on our earth. But there is one who the author of Hebrews tells us went before the heavenly throne of the Lord. And that is what we see in this passage. Because he was the living water, the one who gave the living water, Jesus the Christ, our Lord and Savior, who went before the heavenly throne, who was the sacrifice for our sins, who took on the punishment, our atonement. He is our justice, He is our righteousness. And it is through Him that the Spirit walks in us and through the Spirit and the grace of God by faith in Christ that we are able to have justice and righteousness flow through us. So we we must hold on to the Word of God and look to it for it is our only rule. And through the Word of God, through the living Word of God, there is victory because our Word of God Christ and there is victory in Christ. Victory in the living word. I bring your attention to Amos five twenty five. Did you bring me sacrifices and offerings during the forty years in the wilderness, O house of Israel? The reference here is to Exodus and what happened to the people after they worshipped the golden calf. The 40 years wandering is often used as a reference throughout scripture. It is a reminding agent. The reference is meant to cause the people to remember why they went through the 40 years in the desert and what happened to them. It is to remind them to hold fast To the Word of God. And we see why and what happened to him in the 40 years in Deuteronomy, verses 8 1 through 5. The whole commandment, the whole commandment that I commanded you today, you shall be careful to do that you may live and multiply. And go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to your fathers. And you shall remember the whole way the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness. That he might humble you. Testing you. To know what is in your heart. Whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you. And let not. And let you hunger. And fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out on you, and your foot did not swell these forty years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, The Lord your God disciplines you. So we see this is a remembrance for them to be humble before the Lord. To remember the discipline that the Lord put them through. And as we come and continue in our passage in Amos, we see you shall take up sicketh. Your king and Kaun, your star god, your images that you have made for yourselves, and I will send you into exile beyond the masses," says the Lord, whose name is the God of hosts. Says the Lord, the name who is God of hosts. Here in our passage is we come to the heart of our passage. Says. The Lord, whose name is God of hosts. The word of God is true and firm. If God has decreed it, then it will come to pass. God's word is law and it is life. We must hold fast to the word of God. For it is a living word. It is our only rule. And there is victory through and in the word of God. Verses 25 through 27 are meant to remind the people of the 40 years in which their ancestors was humbled, and because they have sinned, they too will be humbled. There is not just a reminder of the punishment that Israel faced; it is a reminder to them, the descendants of those who was humbled in them 40 years, that though. God may punish you and discipline you. He will be with you. And he will bring you into the promised land. Now there are many things. That may trigger memories for us. One of many things. That comes, or what comes to my mind. If you think of World War II. What pops into your head. For many it may automatically bring back memories of family, may bring back memories of friends, or memories of stories of heroic tales, may bring back millions, the thought of millions who died in the Holocaust, may bring back the memory of evil. But there's another part of World War II, and that is where the Allied forces came together. For good. To stop evil. Where they came together. To face off. Against. What some have called. The truest evil. In the world. But there's another thing. I'd like to draw your memory to. Whenever you think of the cross. What do you think of. There are some. Who think. Of it as one of the most brutal yet ingenious ways of torture created by the Roman Empire. My prayer for all who have heard and seen the cross is that it brings back the memory of Christ and of his victory over death on the cross. The memory of the blood he shared so that we may be washed clean and that is what the Lord is getting here in this passage that is what this is it is a remembrance tool for us to remember that the Lord is always with us that we come to the Lord and worship and when we come we come to give thanks and there is one way to do that and that is to be humble before the Lord But what does it mean to be humble? To not be arrogant. To not have prideful in yourself. But to express submission. To have a low estimate of one's importance. We can be humble. We can submit to our Lord. For He is our covenant keeping God. He is the Lord whose ward is law, and who through it there is victory. Because through the ward, the ward, the living ward, Christ, there is victory for us, victory over death. And the Lord is the one who dwells with His people, who sent His Son, Christ, to die on our death, death on the cross to be woe so we too may walk with the newness of life in our darkest times on this earth we can trust in the word of the Lord hold fast to it for there is victory in it now we may not see this victory on earth it may not look like victory to us but in the word and through it there is victory for Christ has won the war And while these battles on earth, they may look as if they are losing. It is Christ who has went through. And it is here in this scripture that Christ is being taught. That he is the one who worshipped the Lord perfectly. Who lived on the word of God. Who knew it as his only wool, And he is our victory. A life everlasting. And it is through Him that we see on the day of judgment, on the day of the Lord, that there is righteousness, that there is a blessing of being claimed as one of God's children through the walks of Christ and in Christ alone. So what now? As we leave this place, as we go about our lives, we long and we hopefully we take with us to hold fast to the word of the Lord, to look to it as we go about, to let the word of the Lord go around in our head like a song that is stuck off the radio, to let it play over and over, To be written on our hearts and on our bones. For God's word is our only rule. And there is victory in the word. And there is no hope without the word of God. Remembering in life, it is easy to get distracted, self-centered, and tricked by our own senses So we hold fast, submitting ourselves to the Word of God and our worries to Christ, only trusting in Him and His Word. We were never meant to carry our burdens of life on our own. We were meant to be fully dependent on God, leaning on Him in every instance of every day.